Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got uh, Jamie Jenkins uh, that played at the Citadel. Uh, interesting story, you know, as an athlete. Um, you want to go to a, a school, nice gym, winning record. Um, but most athletes don't choose a military school where you got to wake up in the morning, shine your shoes, and do all those military thing things just to play basketball. So that was a huge sacrifice uh, for Jamie in his career. And um, it allowed, to, allowed him to use those transferable skills into a great career after basketball. So um, this opportunity to listen to him and hear about his trials and tribulations and um, how he got from point A to point B. All right, let's get into the interview. My man. There you go. There you go. <laughs> What's good, baby? What's up with you? Man, not a thing, brother. How you been doing? Man, trying to. Trying to make it a Friday, man. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I know that's right, man. Hey, man, you're doing some incredible stuff down there, man. I love it. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I've been love. watching it. I've been watching It's funny because, I, you know, I, I talk to Shane all the time, too. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Just, you know, he's been yeah. keeping me up to date and then, you know, following your stuff on social media, man. Doing some big things. And the reality is, man, South Carolina needs that. For sure. South Carolina sure. needs what you're doing right now. I mean, For sure. you see the potential when you have a when you have a Zion Williamson going one and an old boy from Memphis going two. Right, right, in, right. In the NBA draft for right. South Carolina. For sure. South Carolina sure. needs what you're doing right now. I appreciate you know? that, bro. I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. Appreciate yeah. that. We just, you know, we just didn't we didn't have that, you know, coming up. And I think, you know, the athletes coming up just need to just need to see, you know. And here, you know, people that, that did it before. You know what I'm saying? It's, you can't reinvent the wheel. Like, it's, it's the same Absolutely. story, grades, you know, transference. Yep. It's the same story for 30, 40 years. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's all about information. Just help, 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 uh, help change that. Yeah. Definitely, man. And, you know, and the thing about it is, um, you know, it's, it's a more advanced level of game right now. And when I say game, I don't just mean basketball. Sure. But the game of basketball, everything sure. outside of the court. For sure. And, For sure. and so kids a lot of times are getting lost and, and swept up in it. Parents don't know how to handle it. They don't know what to expect, what to ask for, what to prepare their kids for, exactly. what themselves to prepare for. Exactly. You know, and so it, it's, a, I mean, it really is a lot. And I, and I say that coming from this place of, you know, I've done it with my son and I'm doing it with my son. Right. And I've right. been I'm one of the guys who've been there, you know, sure. played college division one ball, got to play overseas, played for a check. For sure. And and, for sure. and I'm like, yo, 
I, I didn't even realize some of this stuff that was out here. I didn't realize some of the things I needed to prepare him for and some of the things that are different than the way it was when we were coming through. So sure, um, sure. again, you know, what you're doing is really needed because I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of parents, a lot of players on the sideline, like, Hey, I, I think I can have some opportunities in this sport, but I don't really know what path I need to take. I don't know what questions I need to ask. I don't know what's really important. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, now nah, what you're doing this foundation, man, it's big. I appreciate it, man. So we're going to get into it and like, you know, I appreciate your time, you know, you know, just dropping Jews. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that we talk about, everybody we talk about is that, you know, coming up, um, the park, you know, the park, that's where we got established. Um, yeah. Take us back to the, the young Jamie, you know, when, yeah. you know, elementary, middle school, when, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about either where the, uh, the father that took them out or a father figure from the park and rec recreation. It was some type of figure in their life to help them yep. to direct that, yep. that energy. So, you know, take us back to the elementary middle yeah. school years when you started, you know, putting this playing with this thing. You know, I, you know, so you, you hit on something really big for me, man, is, is the relationship I had with my father. Uh, my father was huge in my life. It still is. I mean, I, I just have, I have one of those fathers, man, that was, whether I played a, a great game or a bad game, he was telling me how, how wonderful I did. You know, awesome. um, he was always there to pick me up. Uh, he was also there to expose me to a lot of stuff. So I played basketball, I played baseball. Soccer, honestly, was, was one of my first big things, too. Um, but, you know, I had, a, I had a unique situation in that. So, one, I can't, I'm from Lenore, North Carolina. So Lenore is, is really, really small. It's a suburb of – it's not even a suburb of, of Charlotte, but it's about an hour and a half from Charlotte. Mm -hmm. um, so for, for us growing up in Lenore, Charlotte was always the big city, you know, and so we, we honed our skills in Lenore at the parks and at the recreation center um, in hopes of, of at some point being able to kind of test our medal against the Charlotte Cats, you know. Right, right. Um, you know, I was good in soccer. I, I, was, I was decent in baseball. Um, but, you know, I think part of my drive, my, my grandfather, a lot of people don't know this, but my grandfather played professional baseball. My grandfather won a he won a a Negro League national championship oh, wow. um, with the Clowns I think in 1954 with um, with with Hank Aaron on his team. Wow. He also played with Willie Mays. You know he played with a number of cats, man, and played Triple A and uh, got up to the Triple A league in with the Braves organization and uh, doing segregation at that time. You know uh, seeing white players get called up over him, he just got discouraged and, and and essentially walked away from the game before he had an opportunity to get called up. Wow. Um, but I say that to say um, I, I grew up with this understanding that I had this athletic gene in my family. You know, I had this athletic gene about myself that if I could kind of hone in on, you know, what would make me special, you know, I, I had an opportunity to do some things. And so um, basketball really was it. I mean, I, I, like I said, I excelled at, at soccer. Um, but basketball was my thing, man. And, and so I knew from an early age, again, being a, a bigger fish in a small pond, right. you know, just my skill set kind of set me apart. My athleticism at the time set me apart, um, you know, those types of things. So, you know, I, I would, I would, I would, I would wreck the, the park up, you know, sure. um, and then being from Lenore, you know, Morganton, Hickory, all those areas are really close. And so for me, I got a chance to see a, a young Danny Johnson, mm. you know, Wesley Irvin, some of these other guys that as I'm here, as I'm, as I'm kind of ruling, ruling the roost in Lenore, for sure. I'm hearing about Danny Johnson and Morganton and Wesley Irvin and Morganton. So now we got to figure out you know, who's the best, right. when we're going to play, when we're going to meet up, you know, those right. types of things. So that's kind of what fueled us, you know, 
uh, because again, we didn't come from big cities. For sure. Um, and then you you fast forward that you know into high school, and I'll I'll tell you and I, and, and and viewers are gonna you know some viewers are gonna understand who Danny Johnson is. Some viewers are gonna be like, who is that? Right. Danny Johnson obviously was your teammate at the College of Charleston. For sure. Transferred in from Clemson. Right. Uh, but, but before all of that, he was one of my best friends in, in you know, that Lenore Morganton area. Um, and we were high school rivals. And so, you know, you've got this talent. You've got a talent pool in that Lenore Morganton Hickory area, man, that, you know, we were, the reality is we were as good as most players around the state, but we were from small markets. Right. And, and, and cats really weren't hearing about us. And, and it was so unfortunate because at the time, you 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 probably remember this, um, oh my Bob, Bob Gibbons yep. had a uh, he had a he had a um, a showcase. He also had this list of all the top players around the country. Um, but he was the main recruiter, you know, for the country at that time. He was a, the top high school recruiting scout. Right. This cat was from, he was he lived in Lenore at the time. Oh wow! But he was go, he would leave Lenore and go all over the country and would ignore the talent pool in his own backyard. Wow! Until people started speaking out, I was like, hey Bob, you need to you need to focus on some of this talent here and. And so I remember, you know, him coming to, you know, several weeks of games of mine and, and showing up at Freedom at Danny Nose games. And then I, at that point, we began to get ranked mm. and recognized. And, and so at that mm. point, that's when colleges started offering scholarships and coming through. But mm. before that, man, it was like, man, it was, it was slow. It was slim pickings because, again, we were in a small market. It, had, it, it took, it took uh, locals kind of shaming the, the big boss to say, hey, man, you need to look at some of the talent around you. Um, and, and see that, that these guys can play on, on, a, on a big scale as well. So well, that goes, that's that goes, how that whole thing took out. Well, that goes to your point. Well, to the point, if, you know, no matter how talented you are, here you have a father figure, you have support, you have all these things that people say you need to make the next level, but then you don't have the, the marketing, you don't have the know-how or how to get your name out there. And because exactly right. of the system and, and how it relied on, on one voice, <clears throat> that can be detrimental to right. a player that, that, right. that, that didn't get exposed to that voice, right? That's exactly so, right. So that's, and that's the whole point of, of athletes need to <clears throat> understanding, you know, the preparation. And, and, and this might be uh, redundant to some viewers, but I still got to make this point about the bag of rice, right? A bag of rice, a $6 bag of rice is not going to sell in Piggly Wiggly. That's what's selling Whole Foods. A $2 bag right. of rice bag of rice is not going to be offered at Whole Foods. That's right. So depending on your value as a player, you want to go right. to places that fit your That's style right. of play, what that coaches, you know, um, um, contracts. You know, I mean, all those things make it to play. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, that's a major point. So let's say you start getting recruited and, and, and schools start looking at you. Um, who were some of the, the last, you know, couple of, of choices and, and how did that come about? Yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, for, for me, um, you know, it all came down. Obviously, obviously I, I, I committed to and played four years at the Citadel um, in Charleston. My, my final selections were UNC Greensboro. Um, I had Hartford on that list. I had Monmouth on that list. Mm. Um, and, and so what was also pretty interesting was Wake Forest was also kind of dating me a little bit. You know, right. they, they right. had a couple of guards that, that, they, that they had ahead of me. But they, you know, they really liked my size. They liked what I brought to the table. And I was hoping I might be able to slide into something like that. But yeah, uh, once they, they signed a couple. They high IQ schools, too, high academic that, schools that's, well. they had, they're exactly right. So they had, they exact, that's exactly how 
you know, how at the time I forget the guy's name, um, but that was, that was his thing. His guards were high IQ guards, that type of thing. And so I kind of fit that mold. Um, but at the end of the day, it was like, you know what, let me go to the place where one, I, I felt like I, I felt the love. I mean, and, and granted, I felt the love the other places. The, the, real, the real reason I went to the Citadel was my, my mother was an educator for 20 plus years. And she, yeah, I know, but no, I know you but thought, no, but no, I'm no. laughing. I'm laughing because it's, it's the same, it's a similar story and, and not to be a devil's advocate to that response because I did the same thing and what all players do. And all, if you're listening, I'm not saying you made a bad decision. I'm saying I made a bad decision. I'm saying BJ made, made a bad decision, Yeah, but we all made decisions based on comfortability. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It was, now, things can work out at yep. how they need to work out, but <clears throat> do, do I need to, as athletes, listen to this, do I need to make a decision based on, on, on being comfortable or what's the best choice for me being uncomfortable? So I just want to exactly, throw that in no. there, but please continue. No, that, and, and that is a great point that we really do need to dive into a little bit deeper, but yeah, no, that, that's a great point. But so, so for me, it, it was a little bit more than the comfort. So my mother was an educator. She also at the time had a terminal illness. She had a, she had a disease called sarcoidosis. Oh, wow. And so we knew that at some point we were going to lose her. We didn't know if it was going to be in a year. We didn't know if it was going to be five years or 10 years. Um, luckily, I was able to get her. Um, I was 26 at the time that she passed oh. away. Oh. Um, so I got a little bit after college. I got, got it. But... Her point was, Jamie, I'm not going to be here. And when I'm not here, because education was so, so key for her, I want you to go to a school mm. that has, a, has a, an, a reputation from an educational standpoint that will open doors for you. Um, and she yeah. said, if, if you will do that for me, I, I, would, I would appreciate it. And right. so I was a mama's boy. And, and so um, there were other schools that I, I would have gone to first that I probably would have chosen over the Citadel because I didn't want to go to the military stuff. I didn't like any of that stuff, but that's where she wanted me to go. I wanted to honor her and her legacy. And, uh, and I said, you know what, let's make it happen. You know? And so, uh, so that's committed a major, to the Citadel. That's you a know. major story, bro. That's a major story. Uh, and I wish I knew what I know now. Re Reverend Dallas was tr like trying to force me to get into the Citadel. And he said, like, had you gone to the Citadel, you'd have been playing in the league for you just to finish up your career because of the resources. But I didn't, I didn't. I, I avoided that, that, yeah. that, that, that shoe shine and the making your bed. I just came yep. from Union, bro. Like, I yeah, just came that's from right. You did. You were, That's exactly right. Yeah, you weren't trying to hear that. I wasn't trying to hear that. You weren't you know trying I mean? to hear it. But I, I wish, not saying nothing from the college, because I had a great experience there. But as far as, you know, putting yourself in position in the resources and who right. runs the Charleston area, no, who runs the world? Senator wouldn't have Absolutely. been a great opportunity, but go ahead. Absolutely. And, and so, you know what, you'll, you'll find this, you'll find this, uh, uh, you'll, you'll laugh at this just, you know, I, and I, I know I'm a lot like you in that we're basketball heads, man. Like For sure. even though I'm removed from playing my playing days, I'm a basketball guy. For sure. And so when I was playing, imagine how much of a basketball head, like you're just, mm. you're reading, trying to figure out who's mm. who I'm in this new city. Mm. I don't know anything. I don't know high school players. I don't know other mm. players. You know, I'm just, and I remember being in ROTC, Air Force ROTC one day. And in fact, they gave a, there was an update on Jamel President in the Post and Courier about your recruitment. I think Wyoming, did you commit right. to Wyoming? Wyoming and, and Clemson. I remember the commitment, Wyoming to, Wyoming. And Clemson. I read the commitment to Wyoming. 
And then I think I saw something happen, and then you ended up at the College of Charleston. Like, all of this stuff, man, just me trying to formulate who's – what's the pecking order? For who's sure. who? For sure. You For know, sure. who For am sure. I going to have to play against? Who Who's from this city that I need to know? All of those sure. things, man. It was incredible. You hit it, you hit it right on the point. Um, leaving Folk Union, Wyoming was uh, 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 recruiting me, and Clemson – um, was the last two uh, and Wyoming was, was uh, Wyoming Clemson. yeah, was the last two, but Terrell McIntyre went to Clemson, so yep. that kind of bumped me out, nah, yep. Um, yep. so and then my grandfather died, and my my, uh, my uncle died, so I'm like, not as a result, but I, you know, I, I, I wanted to stay home for that same support of my family, as absolutely. Well. And this time, my message we got. Chris Evans. To be honest with you, I think I, I learned a hell of a lot more from you guys than you probably ever did for me. And, and that was, uh, you know, part of my growth as well. I know you guys were younger, and I was fairly young, but, but it was, uh, it, that, that's a huge part of my growth and my experience was learning from you and, and seeing what you did and seeing the commitment that you made, Mel. The, the, the getting up uh, and getting your siblings off to school uh, and, and, and making your way over to the, to the weight room and lifting weights by 6 o'clock in the morning or 6.15 or 6.30, taking care of business. And then, and Jamel, your name, I've been teaching English for nearly 30 years. By the way, we have Tupac in our AP literature book. Um, but I've been teaching English for, for nearly 30 years and your name comes up every single year. Now let's get back to the interview. Yeah. This is what I wanted to ask you though. Um, and could we could we play this? We, we we rivalry was great, great. Take, take, take us back into the locker room, bro. Like, what was the preparation? Like, like what were the coaches saying? Like, because you know, like Shufo and I talked about that about us, you know, we have an ex on our back in the city, right? Everybody was gaming Absolutely. for us. You know what I mean? Yep. Not saying yep. that, you know, we were, you know, arrogant or anything, but, you know, we, we, we had a good leader. We had a good squad. Like, we, we were coming to play. So we always play with a chip on our shoulder. But at the same time, like, like let us into that, to that, that atmosphere. Man, you know? absolutely, man. You know, here, but here's the thing. What you got to understand, Jamel, is it was even bigger than basketball. So first, so first of all, when, when we're at the so, – so when you look at the College of Charleston and the success that you guys had had as a program, mm -hmm. you know, consecutive NCAA tournaments, you know, long stretches, long runs in the NIT tournament, I mean, those are things that, you know, as a basketball person, period, I don't care where you are, that's impressive. For sure. When you look at um, Charleston Southern even, um, the year before – the year before I graduated, so my junior year – Brett Larrick and those dudes, you know, play UCLA. I mean, NCAA uh, yeah, appearance. So you got now the Citadel who doesn't have – we don't have, a, 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 you know, that type of a past where, where we, can, we can hang our hat on something. So literally for us, we were always fighting for respect, mm. right? Like it was a respect thing. Mm. So the coaches – honestly, the coaches didn't have to tell us too much because there was a respect thing. Now, off the court, we got to be in by 10 o'clock at night during the weekday, mm. 12 or 1 o'clock the, on the weekends. Y'all living the college life that we wanted to live. Wow. 
So it's even bigger than basketball. That's crazy. Y'all, you know, think about it. I mean, I, there, dude, we had, we, had, we had girls and girlfriends and girls we talking to that we had to say bye to at 11 that we knew y'all were hollering at at 12. That's a wrap. You know what I mean? You, you, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> For sure. So, so this is bigger than basketball. Yeah. For sure. So For when, sure. when we suit up to play against a Kyle the Charleston, there was all these different factors mm. that played into our game mm. that y'all didn't even think about. Not even, not even, a, not even, a, it's not a, even on y'all's radar. No, it's not even on y'all's radar. No, you know what I mean? No, it's not even on y'all's radar. You know, and so, so for us, that whole respect factor, us trying to gain some respect. For me, did I feel like I was one of the top players in the city? I did. For now sure. we in the same. Now we in the same conference. Do I feel like I'm one of the top players in the conference? I do. For sure. Now, how how do you prove that? You got to go out and do that against your city rivals, you know, your conference rivals. You got to go perform. And so I took that even my freshman year when Thad and AJ and all those dudes were were running the show and they were in attack, I still understood that for me to make a name for myself in Charleston, in that area, in that region, I had to come out and play. I had to come out and make a name for myself in that game. And and you know? and, and and we were we were like you were on the radar as well. Like you were you, Virgil Stevens, like there were some great yeah. players that came from the city though, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And um we know from a from a rivalry standpoint, um, we knew we had the better team, right? Yep. But we know you had you guys had great players, and you can yep. never overlook that. Um, Absolutely. And um and it just was a great a, a great rivalry, great game, and it was always packing, always intense. You know, it never always. was a a complete blowout. I can't remember the score or anything, but it was very very tight into the. It was the it was always nipping tuck. But you know the thing about it too was, you know that was one of the bigger games of our of our seasons every year. Uh, you yeah. guys yeah. would go on. You guys are gonna play Clemson, and y'all we knew. Hey man, they might be Clemson. Mm. Y'all gonna play South Carolina. Y'all beat South Carolina. Mm. Y'all y'all gonna play Arizona and almost beat like y'all had other games that were way more important to y'all than us. But That's for true. us, you guys were that was that was you saw. I mean, we we McAllister Fieldhouse is packed every single time we played y'all. Every true. time we played y'all, y'all's place. You know, the Crest Arena was packed. You know That's what I mean? True. So true. um so yeah, no, it was a huge game for us, man. True. So just to just to make that that uh. That cleared South Carolina beat us, but we beat North Carolina. Y'all, that, y'all, that's exactly, and even, so, and even better, an even better win for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, so take us, take us back to one of your, one of your biggest beside the college, one of your biggest ones at the college at the Citadel that, that you know that you know one of your best games. Take us, take us back to that. You know, I um, I, I think uh, I mean obviously the College of Charleston game was was a really big win. Yeah, I can I can probably speak to a few of them. You know, I think about you know we we went to a tournament my freshman year um, at which in Wichita, Kansas, at Wichita State's tournament, and um, ended up losing to Wichita State in the championship. And that was that 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 win or that loss, even in a even in a loss, meant a lot to me because it was a coming out party for me as a freshman. You know how that goes. For sure. You know, one you're 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 playing Division One basketball, which is always a dream. But you're always you're looking for that game to try to figure out do I belong? For sure. You know for what's sure. that statement game or that statement you know situation that gives me an opportunity to feel like I belong? For sure. And so um, for me that tournament, which was before conference and all that stuff, so it was relatively early in the season. Um, I think I ended up with like 16, 18 points that game. 
you know, a really tough, you know, hard fought Wichita State team. Um, and just the, the way that I played down the stretch, you know, um, defensively, my assignment, I'm playing a, a senior guard, you know, that, that was, you know, on, on the radar for, for NBA scouts and, and teams of that nature. So for me to show up and, and perform the way I performed, that game always kind of stands out because it was, it was in the locker room after that loss and everybody's upset. I'm sitting here like, you know what? I belong. You know, sure. I belong sure. and, and I'm, I'm going to do what I got to do to give us some respect. You know, not sure. only am I trying to gain my respect, but I, as, a, as, a, as a program, as an organization, I felt like, you know what? If I can bring a couple other guys along with me, we can do some things and just gain some respect, man. So sure. um, that's a game that really stood out to me. And you mentioned, you know, you know, giving that, bringing the respect to the Citadel, bringing respect to your team and yourself um, and doing all that. Um, I mean, this is a rhetorical question, but did you have aspirations of playing the next level and getting a check for, for doing that? And then, um, I know you mentioned earlier about playing overseas. How did that come up, come about after your senior yes. year? Did you get yeah. an agent? Did you go to camps? Like, what yeah. are some of those things? Because it's it's like almost starting all over again, you know, from high school to college, from college to professional. Yeah. So you know, take Absolutely, us back to that and, and some stories that you know that that could be. Yeah, helpful. man. So so it's funny. Um, I had I had to, I had a decent amount of success my freshman year at the Citadel. You know, um. And more than anything, I gained confidence. And so I think, I think Pat Dennis saw something in me. And so for him, you know, he was like, you know what, this kid's going to probably end up leading us for the next few years. Let me get some, him some exposure. And so after that, that freshman summer, um, after that freshman year, that summer, he sent me to five-star basketball camp to, uh, to work their camp for like three weeks. And, man, it was, it was an incredible experience because – um, you know, not only are you there kind of giving guidance to these up and coming players, high school players, but you know, the council league there is, is a huge one. You've got NBA guys that are working the camp. And so they're, they're playing, you've got all these high major players that are there working the camp. And, and so they have a five-star counselor league. And so we would always play three to five games at the end of the night at the, at, you know, once the campers went to bed. And so, um, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is, man, I, I, I had a, I lit that, that three weeks, during the mm -hmm. summer with, with those NBA guys and those overseas guys and, and, and high major guys, man, I lit that little league up. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, just my confidence was booming. And so what happened was, man, I had, I had other, other high major schools re-recruit me <laughs> to the point where Howard Garfinkel called Pat Dennis and told him, hey, Pat, you know, your point guard's getting recruited over here by some, some pretty big names. Wow. You might want to come and check on them. And so wow. um, the next day, you know, I, whatever day Howard called him, he told me, hey, Pat's coming up. Coach Dennis called me up, took me to lunch, and like, you got to stay. Mm. And I'm at this point seeing some of these names, and I'm like, yo, I'm out of here. But I go back to the strong influence of my family and my parents. Sure. Sure. My mother said, Jamie, you remember what we talked about? and why I want you to graduate from the Citadel. Sure. And this time, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't acquiesce as easily. It was like, Ma, come on, Ma, you know. I, come on, Ma, right. you know. Right. And so, you know, he, he gave me a few days to think about it. She gave me a couple of days to think about it. And, and, I, and I told at the end of the day, I said, listen, if this is what you want me to do, I'll do it. For sure. So, um, but I'll tell you what, what, it, what happens, though, is that also gave me the confidence to know that I can play at a higher level. Mm. I can play with these dudes. Right, right, you know Christian right. Leitner and, and Jimmy Jackson of the world, man. I'm I'm taking Jimmy's bump and crossing him over and pulling up. I can do this on a higher level. Oh. And so it was at that point that I realized, okay, 
you know what, if I'm going to stay at the Citadel, I've got to position myself, you know, from a playing standpoint to put myself in a position to be able to play overseas or get an opportunity to play in the league, you know? And so at that point, that's, so, so I think that's one of the differences between the Citadel and a college at Charleston. You guys had Good point. eight, ten dudes that came in knowing my primary focus is to get a check playing basketball. For sure. We have four or five, five or six guys that skill-wise could do that, but only a few of us had that mentality and had sure. that vision and was like, you know what, that's where we're headed. You know, you sure. think about it. Think about how good Matt Newman was. You're Think right. about how big and how long Kirill Mishichinko was. Man, right. those dudes, at, at a certain point, when it got a little hard and Coach Dennis was on them a little bit too much, it was like, man, basketball is not that important to me. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're not telling Carl Thomas that. For sure, for sure. You're not telling sure. Danny Johnson that. For sure. You know, you're not telling Jamel President that. Y'all knew what, what was up. Y'all knew what y'all were playing for. For sure. And so, um, I think it was that experience that gave me the resolve to know that, you know what, this is what I'm playing. I'm playing for something bigger. Like I'm playing, I'm playing for after these four years, mm. you know? So, so fast forward, I, I had a, had a good senior year campaign, you know, all conference, all that good stuff. And um, I, you know, I, I went to some camps, I, I got an agent and, and to be honest with you, you know, again, why this is so important, why what you're doing is so important. I didn't have anybody that no one, no one had gone before me to tell me what this should look like, right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, you know, Pat Dennis wasn't really helping us through the, helping me through this process. So, you know, I got me a, I got me a, a small agent that, that I felt like, you know, understood more than I did. So that's going to be enough. He sent me to camps and I did this and did that and had some opportunities on the table that then came off the table and here and there and slid off, slid away. Um, but ultimately, man, it was, uh, it was crazy because it was kind of happenstance. This, this, um, he was a, a, a scout for the New Zealand um, National Basketball League was in I don't know. I don't know where he saw me first, but he was in town catching some games. And um, it just so happened I played extremely well in, in whatever game he saw. And, and then from there, he pursued me through our coaches. Wow. You know, uh, it, this wasn't even an agent set up type appointment, you know. Um, and so I was able to kind of talk to him and figure out, you know, he was like, man, listen, you know, from what I've seen and I've, I've asked your coach for film, you know, since the film back, man, within a couple of weeks, man, I had, I had several offers from, from wow. teams in New Zealand. And I'm like, man, I don't know anything about any of this. Help me figure out what city I might want to be in, what the best situation might be type of deal. And, um, and ended up signing a contract to go to New Zealand that first year. That's what's up. What's up? So, yeah, man. So how'd you like the, 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 you're talking to Thaddeus Delaney, you know, language barrier was a huge thing. Chucky Robinson, language barrier. What were some things, some of the challenges? And, and then, you know, talk about the culture in, in the yeah. food in, in, in that, in that, uh, yeah, yeah. In that city. You know, so for me, luckily, the, there wasn't a language barrier just because it was, it was, um, you know, they, they speak that, that, that King's English. Gotcha. So it was really proper English. So that, that was good. You know, the hardest thing for me was my son was born, um, literally a month before I, before I left. And so, um, the hardest thing was being so far away and, and knowing that I wasn't holding on to and doing my, my fatherly duties. I, I take, Again, I, I go back to the fact that my father was very, very active in my life and, and just, you know, my biggest role model. And I've always wanted to be that for my kids. And so sure. for me to have a child, and even though I'm living out my dream and I'm, I'm going to take care of the business that I, I set forth to do when I was young, um, you know, it was, it was tough. You know, it, sure. it was tough. And then being so far away. So it's not like, 
my girl, my, my wife now, but my girlfriend at the time, it's not like they could just hop on a plane and come, you know, it's a whole day and a half trip, for you sure. know? And so it was one of those things where that was probably one of the tougher things for me. I was playing well. I mean, I had a, I had a really good, you know, really good experience. The food was incredible. The, 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 the Maori people. So the Maori people are the indigenous people over there. Mm. And, um, it was funny because they would, you know, in that society, they're the black people. So they call them black. And so when I was walking around, they actually saw a black person. Mm. You know, it, it wasn't anything where it wasn't anything for anybody to just turn around and look and stare, you know. Wow, and wow. it wasn't a it wasn't a it wasn't a disrespectful thing. It was just like, yo, we we've only we really read about you guys, you wow, know, because wow. the only experience and, and exposure is to athletes who come to their land, wow. you know. And so that was that was that was really really interesting, really really cool. The uh, but the Maori people really took me under their wing, man. I had a couple guys over there that were on my team that were um, that were Maoris, man, and, and just learning about their culture, you know, uh, learning about their food and eating their food, man, was incredible, man. But yeah, all in all, man, just a tremendous experience. Hey, what's up, guys? Check this out. If you're coming into the Charleston area, or maybe leaving at the Charleston area, and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly, sweet people, go check out Mark over at Avis and Budget Car Rental at 7685 Northwoods Boulevard. When you go see Mark and you mention Triple Threat Podcast, you receive 30% discount on your rental. They also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick, easy transaction and check us out and limited mileage on most rentals. So give Mark a call at 843-572-3190. Don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast. But I want to talk quickly about, let me just backtrack right quick and I want to catch up and come right back to this other um, that relates to the overseas thing. Um, one of the things that, you know, athletes, and you mentioned Shane, Shane and I are really good friends, but, you know, we didn't really was really good friends in college because we played the same position. So we had yep. to, it was always yep. adversity. And um, I know you had some adversity times in, in, in college as well, um, in your professional life, whatever. How do you deal with, or how did you deal with, the adverse situations when you were competing for positions when you were playing? Did you talk to the guy? Did you not talk to him? Did you um, were took the higher, higher route and, you know, try yeah. to build that relationship? Um, how yeah. did that happen? And I want to ask that question because um, uh, talking to BJ, him, Melvin, and Larry Davis, like yeah. BJ talked about the uneasy times they had. And when they finally yeah. talked about it, Man, yeah. they the team played well. They and they went on a a, a big run. So, um, take us back to and, and tell us tell the audience how would you or how did you? Yeah, do man, like that. You know, I I so so I think you know you kind of hit on something that that's that's pretty big. I mean, you know, I always feel like certain players succeed at this sport, and and a lot of times those players, you know, they have some commonalities that they're they're type A personalities. You know, they they want to be the man. Um, 
And I think that's, you know, you, you do have players that are okay kind of deflecting or deferring and, and letting other people have their shine and, and all these other things. But, you know, by and large, especially guards, I mean, you know, we have to be dominant. We have to be, especially point guards, we have to be dominant because we have to know that we're in control. Other people have to know that we're in control. And so, you know, even if it's not a positional thing, I'll tell you, and, and you know Noy Castillo. Noy mm. Castillo was one of the best shooters that I've ever seen mm. in my life. One of the most prolific scores and shooters Jesus. in the Southern Conference. Jesus you know? Christ. But Noy could light that thing up, man. And, and, you know, I also could light it up. And so it was, we weren't playing the same position, but we were, we were battling for shots. Mm. We were battling for attention. You know what I'm saying? We were battling a little bit for some shine. And so Noy and I, man, we, I, I could probably, I don't, I don't know if I have enough hands to, to, to count the times that Noy and I went to blows during practice. Wow. You wow. know, because it was this jockeying for who's the leader, who's the man, who's going to take that last shot. Sure. You know, now ultimately we had a we had a coaching staff that would say, you know, certain times it was going to be him, certain times it was going to be me, and, and so that's fine. But I do think that that's that's about being in a in a gladiator type sport. You right, know, when you're right. in the arena, when you're in the ring, you know, and you you feel like you are one of the best players, or you feel like you're the best, or you feel like there's something I'm trying to get to that I need this opportunity to to propel myself. You know, there's not a lot that you won't do. And I think that that's a great trait to have. But, you know, it can cause some tension. It can cause some adversity. And it can cause some adversity. It's not, a, it's not, not, a, it's not a bad thing. Noy and I are great friends now. Right, great, right. And, and honestly, we were good friends then. But I knew how intense he was. He knew how intense I was. And a lot of times it spilled over. You know, at the end of the day, it also, it also showed our teammates who the alpha dogs were. For sure. It also showed our teammates that, you know what? These dudes are ruthless, and they're willing to do a lot to prove their point and to get where they're trying to go. For sure. You know? And like I say, it's not a bad thing. Those things are needed. But Absolutely. my point I was trying to trying to make, you know, to the audience, like, identify that, right? And then you got to be strategic on how to handle it. Because at the end of the day, it's all about getting the W, right? That's exactly, you can't that's let exactly sabotage, right. You can't let your relationship sabotage the betterment right. of the team. Right? That's, exactly right. That's when you're being selfish. You're not really thinking because here's, a, here's, here's what can happen. You don't hone in in that relationship and right. you in a, a conference championship in the 75, 77, and you wide open for the three and you ain't right. talked to old boy That's in right. two days. That's Guess right. who ain't getting that pass? That's right. That's right. No, I mean, and that, that's you real. Know what I'm saying? And it comes that's down real. to that one simple point. Because, because at the end of the day, we're human. At the end of the day, right. we're human. Right. And so, you know, and, and, I, and let, me, let me say, while, while we, had, we had our battles, you know, as a point guard, my job was to create that, that cohesion For sure. and foster For sure. it. So, For sure. you know, regardless of the times that we would go at it, you know, uh, listen, man, let, let's, go, let's go to Wild Wings and let me get you something to eat. <laughs> you sure. know, sure. a, a Matt Newman, come on with us, man. Let's, you know, so we can chop it up. We're the big three. Let's figure this thing out. Sure. You know, we got this opponent coming up. So, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're right. You've got to have that cohesion. But I would say that you also have to have that adversity and that tension because yes. you, you also grow. It's yes. like anything else, man. I can't, my muscles can't grow unless I put them through some tension. Right. You know, right. I right. got to put that weight on my chest and push it off, which is not going to be easy. It's going to be tension. But in, in the process, my pecs are going to grow. 
for sure. You know, for sure. And so for sure. you have to go through some of those tension, some of that tension in order for your, your team and individually for you to grow. And I don't want to go to war with somebody who ain't gonna battle with me. That's that's all about respect. I don't I don't want you to I don't want you to like me. I just want you to respect right. me. Exactly. Because right. I know if we go to battle, I know you're gonna that's be there exactly for right. me. And I'm gonna be there for you. I mean that's exactly that's just right. how that's how it goes. So exactly right. you mentioned earlier about you know your son, and um I have a son too, he's nine years old, and man, listen, and I tell Tony Shu for this, he's gonna be successful not because of the things I've done, just because of things I didn't do. Right. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Man. Yes, and man. So so now that you know I understand the game that's bigger than basketball, I want to ask you, um, from the life lessons you learned from Coach Dennis and traveling and your mom and dad, and um how do you implement those those life lessons into teaching your son right now? Because you know, yeah. again, we're talking about adversity, like yeah. My son don't want for nothing, but he's gonna work for everything. From Absolutely. from my standpoint, like I'm not like like and and people like they say, oh, you so hard on him. No, I, I'm hard on him because life is hard. I gotta right. condition him to that type of behavior. You know what right. I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna let him get by with with anything. That's right. How, what's your approach? Man, you know, I think I think the biggest thing that I, I stress to parents, because I, I get this question a lot of times with, you know, from, from a lot of parents, it's all relational. This thing is about relationship. And, and you know, I've seen your posts. I've seen your pictures, man. I've seen things your son says to you. And so um, what yeah, that tells you, me is... I saw you comment on that one time. Yes, yeah, sir. That Because that means so much to me, man. Because what that tells me is that you guys have an incredible relationship. For sure. And so For when sure. you've got that incredible relationship, now it opens the door for them to take in your wisdom. Yes. If you don't have the relationship, that door gets closed at any moment. Right. And so you're, you're, sending this, you're sending this wisdom that's getting impeded right. and he's not taking it in. But when you've got that relationship, that door opens and that, that, that wisdom comes through. And so, so for and me- then, Hold the, on, right before you, for, before I, I want to get to send this point home before you continue, is that you know what a good relationship, I just thought about it, what a great relationship is between a parent and a kid is that when you can tell that kid Anything you want to tell them, however you want to tell them, and they know it's coming from a good, good from a good place. And here's the last, here's the last thing, Jamie. Once you say it, you can walk away not worrying about if I hurt him or her feelings. That's right. That's right. That's, That's right. It. Once you get to that point where, like, I, I can walk away and I don't worry about my job's my my job is done. Go ahead, continue. My, my dad is doing this in love, you know, and and what happens a lot of times. And I'll tell you this, because you have a nine-year-old, and I remember when Ralph was nine years old, I remember my older son was nine years old. And, and what happens is you're, you're implementing these lessons, you're giving them these pearls, and you're able to walk away because you're, you're you know, you, they know that I, this is all out of love, but you don't see the fruit of those, of those seeds that you planted until later. Mm. And it's later that they'll come back and say, man, dad, you were right when you said mm. this. Mm. Whether they listened or not, they remember, you know, man, I should have done what you said back then. Man, I'm glad I listened to the advice you gave me because it's, it's giving me this outcome. You will reap the, re they will reap the rewards of that seed later. You've got to be able to walk away, put that seed in the, in the dirt and know that the dirt's going to do its work. For sure. That thing's got to grow. For and sure. when it grows, when he's 18 years old and 16 years old and he's repeating back to you what mm. you told him when he was nine and eight and seven and six, you'll know that... <laughs> 
<laughs> what you were doing was a great thing. You were planting those seeds. And so um, that's what, that's, that's the relationship that I have with my son now. So he, he committed to BMI, my, I, BM, the Citadel's rival out of, out of college. I mean, out of high school. Wow. Um, so think about what I was able to give to him and the knowledge that I was able to give to him based on my experience from the Citadel. Wow. Then wow. He, he suffered an unfortunate injury that cost him his freshman season. I suffered a, 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 a torn ACL my sophomore year. Wow. So I battled, I remember that. A, remember a, a, that. I battled a, 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 an injury that took me out for a year and, and all the mental strain and strife that I went through and the rehab to get back. Gave him that same mm. information. You know, so it's one of those things where, man, if I didn't have a relationship with him, he's not listening to those things. He's not gleaning those things. But because of the relationship, you know, he's gleaning those things. And, and so and he's learning and growing from them. Now, I will say, and, and a lot of your listeners are going to be just like me and you in that we had productive college and professional careers. For sure. So we've been there and we've done that. And so what happens is we have a tendency at times to want to live through our kids. Mm. And hunt and heap this pressure on them to take it to a level that we may not have gotten it. Mm. And so I, I was always very conscious of that as I mm. was training him. And th- now, and my wife, my wife would look at me and she, if she heard me say that, she would say, "I don't know." But what she, what she didn't understand, and she understands now, she didn't get it then. Was, um, I'm gonna make sure I give him the things that I didn't know. You know, I'm going to give him the things that I didn't know. I'm also going to give him the things that I do know. So when you, as a, when, when your son as a nine-year-old has told you that he wants to be a basketball player, which I know he has, now you have an obligation to give him everything that you know. For sure. For sure. You know, but, and so in doing that, in doing that, yeah, man, I, I, I know the days that I didn't drill. I know the days that Danny Johnson was out working me. You sure. know, I know the days Jamel President was out working me, and I've got to make sure that I'm telling and explaining that to him in a way that his nine-year-old self can understand it. Man, you have to outwork people. You have to do these things. And so to my wife on the outside, I was like, man, why y'all, got, why y'all going to the gym again? Y'all were just there at nine. Why y'all going at six? You know, it's like, hey, man, this is what he said he wants to do, and, right. and, I, and I know how to do it. Imagine me being a, a math teacher and my kid failing math. Right, right, right. Man, I, no, I can't do that. You right. know, he wants to he wants to major and live basketball. I live basketball. I majored in basketball. That's what I do. So right. guess what? I have an obligation to show him, but show him in a way that I'm not heaping, you know, my things on him. I'm just saying, hey, listen, if you want to do this, let's do this right based off of what I've gleaned and learned through my experience, through my, through my journey. But it's a fine line, Jay, because, you know, we, we can't be forced and live vicariously through them, but at the same time, we got to be – Confident in knowing that, you know, this I, I see I see your talent level. I have the know-how. Like I at some point I still have to steer, right? I still have to right. steer you in a direction where I think you're gonna be beneficial for you. So right. because if the hard work and they buck from the hard work, then I mean you also got to gut check him too. But like you said, growing up, you know, he he had a he had this and this and he was three. Three months. Mine, same way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's all that's Absolutely. all we do. But I'm gonna drive home a point that, you know, um, education and 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 doing things beyond sport. If you talk to my son, he's not gonna tell you he's he want to be a basketball player. He's gonna mm-hmm. tell you, you know, he wants you know to be a dad and wants to be a fan. He's gonna tell you all those other things because because you know as as a culture like I. 
I don't, I, I don't want to be the, the, the singer and the dancer. Re, yeah. re, you know what I mean? When somebody come talk yeah. to me, first thing they ask me, you know, about basketball. And sometimes I get, we, uh, Stacey and I talked about, sometimes I get offended. Sometimes I yeah. don't depend on where it's coming from because I don't want to be stuck into that box of just being yeah. uh, a singer and a dancer. So when, when, when you talk to my son, he's going he's gonna to give you another, another total uh, answer. Absolutely. And it confuses people sometimes. They don't be expecting yeah. that. They be expecting, well, you yeah. do basketball. He's, and he'd be like, no. And he'd be like, but that's what it is. You know what you can understand. Yeah. I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm telling him, no, look, that's not your place. You're not going to just do that. You know what I mean? Right. You have to that's be right. more elaborating into your, into your answers and how you talk to people. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, one, one of the things that, that I've always told my son and my sons and, and, and my kids is, you know, but, but as it relates to basketball, when the ball stops bouncing, what, what do you have? You know, are you prepared for when that ball stops bouncing? And so that is, if, to your point, that is one of, that is the key thing that we're focusing on. Now, granted, yep, you know, we talk about not having a plan B. Like if, if your plan A is basketball, let's go do that. Now, if a lot of times I feel like guys have to have a plan B, they'll let, they might let off the gas as they're, as they're going for their plan A. My thing is this, get your education, know how to communicate with people, mm. you know, your word is your bond. So when I shake your hand and look you in the eye and tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Right. If you can do those things and you're well-rounded from, from a personality standpoint, from, a, from a, you know, what I like to do in my interest standpoint, listen, man, there's nothing you can't do once that ball stops bouncing. But sure. you've got to put yourself in that position. For you've sure. got to put yourself in that position. And I think that's, that's probably one of the things that I'm most proud of is that, you know, as much of, of a basketball geek I was and, and how much I loved it and, and just ate it and slept it and drank it, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, my, my transition out of basketball was hard when it stopped bouncing for me. It wasn't something I just let go. I mean, I, I had many nights and, and years where I was like, man, should I go do this again? But again, the promise that I made to myself was I wanted to be an active father. I wanted to sure. be there for my family, for you know, sure. and, and I was, I wasn't, I wasn't at that level at the time to where I could go get one of those contracts where, we all going to Greece. We're all right. going to Italy, right. and, and we're right. gonna live this incredible lifestyle. I'm I'm playing in some of these, you know. I'm playing in New Zealand. I before I walked away, I had some some contracts on the table for some other countries. It was like, yeah, nah, I can't take anybody over there. And this time, my message: we got Charlton Singleton. When I when I finished school and I came back home. I joined a band and we were trying to make it. It was a it was a different time back then. We didn't have the internet like it was now. You didn't have social media, of course. So our thing was basically get in the van and drive from city to city and have gigs and, and play and try to build up your fan base. And <clears throat> we did that for about four years and it really didn't work out to where we wanted. So we decided that we were gonna not do it full time anymore. And in 2000, I literally stumbled into a teaching job. Now let's get back to the interview. I had the education, you know, I had other interests outside of basketball. I could, I could shake your hand and look you in the eye and tell you that my word was my bond. You know, I could communicate with anyone and so the transition away from basketball, while it was tough because I didn't want to let it go at the time, 
it wasn't tough in that I didn't have opportunities and options. And but so that's what I'm most proud of. And that's what I'm able to, to give to my son now is that this basketball thing is my dad used to always say, let basketball be your vehicle. Let it take you places. You know, you shouldn't right. be pushing, you shouldn't be pushing basketball. Let it be your vehicle. Let it take you. Don't let basketball use you. And that's what I see too off too often. These players let basketball use them. And then when basketball's up, they're used up and they don't have things to, to fall back on. And when I say you, I'm talking inclusive. You, me, talking to Marvin Orange. We talked about it. Like that's another thing too, where you didn't get tired of basketball. You didn't. You didn't hate you. It wasn't hard to walk away from. You right. felt that you didn't get all the money you need to get out of at the time of your career. You still had some right. time to go, but you still had to make a decision on your family. So it wasn't if you you had to leave. You had right. to leave it, and you wasn't be able to monetize what you still had left in the tank. That's right. Bring me back to my point. We're in high school playing basketball. We don't work. We're in college. You get a scholarship. You can't work. That's four plus four is eight. You got hurt. You you got hurt a year. That's nine. Let's say you got hurt and uh, you got redshirted. I mean, this another another person's situation. That's 10 years that they're not working. Right. That's right. So they graduate college. They didn't get a contract, right? Yep. So you got 10 years, no job, no work experience. You didn't graduate because let's you know what, let's, let's make it even better. They did graduate, whatever. That's right. So that's how they did graduate. So now you, you're traveling year, two years, trying to figure out what you're going to do. You're borrowing money. You're, you're not working because right. you're trying to work out to like, it's just all, it's just in, that's the main thing athletes talk about is that time period where, they don't watch basketball. They're depressed. Like it's, it. it's, a, it's a whole struggle, right? Boy, that's my story. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's everybody's story, bro. That's right. So check us out. Right. How do you like, how do you deal with that mentally? Because it's uh, it's, it's something that here, everybody's expecting you to do X, Y, Z, right? Before everybody's hugging you and dapping you. Right. So now you don't get that same type of love. Right. So how do you, yeah. if you're not, if you're not, if you're not internally secure about yourself, that can be, that could be detrimental. Um, let me, let me, let me frame, let me frame it in another way, which is why your son's going to be extremely successful on and off the court is that a lot of times and myself included, I'm sure it was you. I talked to Danny, it was him, you know, you, you name it. Our identity is defined on that court by what we do on that court mm, for right. eight years. Honestly, honestly, starting since we were little, because right. I knew that I had a basketball talent because people told me that mm. because people lit up at the way I made shots. Mm. People lit up at the way I used to handle the rock. Mm. People lit up at the way I made passes. So now my identity starts to, mm. I start to identify myself as a basketball player because of those things. Oh, oh, wait a minute. So you mean you, go, you about to give me a full scholarship worth how much money? That the Citadel is worth over $100,000? You you going to give me $100,000 for scholarship money to come play, to, to come bounce this ball? Mm. Oh, I'm further. My identity is further steeped in this sport mm. and what happens between this court, these lines. Oh, wait a minute. You're going to give me a contract to go play ball? You're going to pay me? You're going to give me a flat? You're going to give me a car? 
you gonna give me some a food allowance and you gonna give me a contract to play this to bounce this oh and you gonna put me on a plane and send me all across the globe to meet and, and to meet people I'd never meet before because of what I can do with this basketball. Right, right. My identity is steeped in that. My identity is connected to that. And then when basketball's gone, mm. my identity's gone. Mm. And I'm trying mm. to find out, wait a minute, mm. who's who who who's gonna give me something else because of what I can do mm. because of my in and out pull up? Nobody. Mm. So now I gotta be strong enough within, or I gotta have a support system that's strong enough within. That's why parents that are listening. You've got to be that support system for, for sure. your kid because sure. at some point they will expect. Listen, I was lucky enough to go get a, a check to play this basketball. Not everybody's that lucky. For sure. It might for stop sure. after high school. Right. For your kid right. that you think is real talented. Right. It might stop after college. He might have some success or she playing professionally and then it stops then. We all are going to experience it because at some point our identity is tied to this sport. Mm. That's you major. Know? That's major. I never, I never, I never, I never, I never heard about it. I never thought about it that way. That's and that's that's totally that's it right there. You you can't. That's real. That's what it you, is. That that identity don't fit in the corporate America. It doesn't. So it doesn't. you can't make a trans. You can't just those transferable skills don't adapt to that. No, nope. but but let me so so let me say this. We do through sport, and I, you're gonna have parents that are read that are watching this that aren't basketball parents, they soccer parents, baseball parents. Through sport, there were so many things that I learned that transfer into but, corporate America. You're right, and, 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 but as far as regulating, regulating emotions, right? Regulating yeah. emotions, because we right. lose a game, and right, yep. next game, uh, you have a bad yep. day at work. Some people call out, some people don't know how to handle it. So that's yep. good, but. I want to keep you going with that, but my point is, hey Joel, come on in, come on in, Joel. My bad, my bad. You good? But my point is, when you're doing resumes, are they reading the the, the for you to get that job? The experiences don't go with the job description. So that's that's right. So even though we we hone in all those great skills, and those great attributes from having an identity, but playing, they don't they get overlooked because the job descriptions don't go with will we that's exactly set. right that's exactly right no so my point is man. do you think athletes need to be paid um and my thing is i know they're just giving athletes the likeness to their name and whatnot but i'm just throwing this i'm just throwing this theory out there that as a freshman you come in and i don't know i'm just throwing numbers out there but i'm just saying the concept that to kill that that year and a half from you graduating college and you don't get a contract you get Yep. If it's forty thousand for each student, get forty thousand for four years. Twenty thousand, yep. twenty thousand as a freshman. When you graduate, when you graduate, you get the other twenty, right? Yep. So yep. here, then they are taking classes throughout college, investment classes, insurance. So yep. once you get to the point and you and you finish college, you can easily move right into corporate America and doing things you need to do. Absolutely. I, I, I listen. I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for these players getting paid simply because of what the NCAA is able to make off of this free labor. Sure. But the point that you make is valid. If you pay these players and, and, and ration it out, you know, ration this thing out, but part of rationing it out and part of collecting on it, you know, at the end of the day is you've got to take certain classes that show you some certain education that show you how to manage this money. Right. Because think about, think about some of the, some of the, I mean, the majority of the athletes that, that would benefit the most from this are us. 
for sure. African American players for who sure. haven't come from money. We don't come from money, for sure. You know, and these these guys these guys don't under. So a lot of times they're they're at school, at school struggling, um, and so yeah, they need some money. But you also have to put some education around the money you're going to put in their hand. For sure. Otherwise, they're gonna it's gonna flounder. You know, for it's sure. not gonna work out. And so yeah, you have an opportunity to increase their knowledge base when it comes to how do I manage finances? How do I handle this money? How do I make this money grow? There's a whole bunch that you can do with that and that money be the carrot. For sure. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And his philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically, teaches the game of basketball. Focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. Jamie, um, OB recipe is something that Rick Barry has endorsed in what I design um, for athletes, not just um, athletes, but not just a sport, but in careers as well, because um, no matter what you know what you're doing, skill development, education, and nutrition is huge. Um, yep. In closing, I want to give, you know, you talk about um, your, your feedback on how do skill development and those three things, education, nutrition, apply to your life, right? Yep. And start with uh, skill development. Man, so, so skill development for me was, was, uh, was huge, man. I mean, again, I, I wasn't privy enough, I wasn't lucky enough to be from a big city where, where the runs were just top notch and you got pros in your, you know, at, at all your gyms. So for me, I had to develop my skill set. You know, uh, it was one of those things where if I could get into it, if I can get to a gym, whether it was by myself or with a few guys, um, skill development for me was huge. It's also a separator. You know, so when you mm. when you get into college, I mean, listen, everybody can score. I mean, I, I was a scorer in high school. When you get into college, everybody can score for the most sure. part. Everybody was a man on the high school team. So now, what's going to separate you is that skill set. You know, and if you haven't developed your skill set, especially now, so these parents that are watching this now, I'm, I'm, I'm referring back to 30 years ago. Mm. Now, you got dudes, man, I mean, everybody's running and jumping out of the gym. That's fine. But if you can handle that ball, if you know how to make the right pass, when to make that right pass, putting it on the dime, if you can shoot the rock and, and you know, just understanding the game from a skills perspective, you can play anywhere. So skill skill set and skill development to me is is the most important thing. I think you know being able to to once you develop that skill set and, and and have worked on that, that skill development, being able to apply it in some pickup games with some you know older players or players on your level to see how those skills are are transferring over to the games. I think that's important too. But you got to start with the skill development. And 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 I want to piggyback, and I know you. Uh, I want to hear your feedback on, on this too. Skill development from off the court too, because one thing I didn't do after those games, I didn't shake hands and kiss babies as much as oh, I did. Man. You know what I mean? I, 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 I didn't start doing that until 
after my senior year when I was going into business. And then I felt like I had, but um, that's another thing positive far as building relationships with people. That's a skill set in itself that had to do with basketball. But when we first started talking, you're talking about the game, understanding the game. And that's that's very important. So, so, you know, a a huge lesson that I learned um, by, you know, it was another, it was a, a grad at the time that was, kind of took me under the wing. He was a, a, a successful, he's still a successful businessman in Charleston. Uh, put his arm around me uh, after one of our games that I was, you know, I had a really good game, home game. And I, you know, we did our, they, they sang the, the you know, the, the Citadel's fight song and all that stuff. And I was headed to the locker room. He stopped me, put his arm around me. You know, this is probably a small, small game because the, the crowd was pretty sparse. It wasn't a lot of people. And he goes, you know, it's easy to walk into this locker room after every single game because it's not a it's not a college of Charleston crowd, you know. Mm. But he goes, if you look in this audience right here of these 200 fans, <laughs> you might have 50 millionaires. Wow, wow. He said, so I need you to take some time, go shake some sure. hands, kiss some babies, for sure. You know, because you never know when you're gonna need them. For sure. And so I took that to heart, man, early on. And so that's played that that's that's paid dividends for me later in my, you know, again, once that basketball stopped bouncing, and as I've been getting into business and I'm doing different things and different ventures, I've got some of those same relationships that I cultivated yes. back then yes. that I'm able to lean on and leverage now. Yes. Second is education. And I say this, you know, in this audience, if this is redundant, I appreciate you. That means you're listening education when it comes to um the sport because i ask players when I'm, when I'm working with them how would you score 20 points a game and they will say i'll shoot a three or i'll do this or i'll do that and my my thing is what if you get denied the ball so a quick a quick way to score 20 points a game is to score two layups per quarter right that's 16 points mm-hmm. now you're four points away from 20. i'm only going to drive if other teams got 17 fouls or 10 team fouls. So now I go to the line, I get my full one-on-one, I get my, my full points from the line. And what that do, what that does is increase my defensive presence. Absolutely. I'm in the passing lane. I got high percentage right. shots I'm taking. That's right. I take a three-point shot yet, right? That's right. All those things is extra. So if I had that education of the game now that I had back then, I think I could extend my career. So Absolutely. talk about, you know, how education is important to you. Now, so you, you're talking about the education of, of basketball or well, just, 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 just in general, because they many go, they go hand they, in they hand. Go, education. They go hand in hand, man. I, well, you I, know, I, well, so, so for me, you know, it was one of those things where, <laughs> and it's funny because I, uh, and, and, and parents, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm being honest with you guys, but you know, for me, I wasn't, I wasn't as uh, a stickler in the classroom in college as I should have been. Right. As I could have been. Right. Um, so from that educational standpoint, I've learned. So when I graduated, played my, my playing career was over, came back from overseas, all those other things, got into corporate America, I realized that um, you know, people were getting advanced positions over me that weren't better than me. Mm. And so one of the things I did to kind of shore that up and, and, and expose myself to more opportunities was I went back and got my MBA. Mm. And so in getting my MBA, I graduated with a 3.8 GPA because Mm. I busted my butt and studied. Now, I could have applied myself the same way Mm. then, but I didn't. Now, what I did do then was I studied. 
I, I knew Jamel President's top two or three moves before he made them, before we For came sure. to that game because I was watching film. Sure. Joel Fleming from Western Carolina, I knew that little spin move, step back, pull up, I knew what was coming For because sure. I watched film and I studied sure. that stuff. You know, so again, you have to you have to put the two together. You got to make the correlation, which I didn't, and so many of us didn't do. Make the correlation. If you want to be a student in the game, be a student in the classroom. For sure. Make that correlation because it's 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 all the same. It's, it's all, all same. about time management and time commitment. If I'm gonna commit to watching hours of film on the College of Charleston before we play them, why can't I commit the same amount of time to passing this biology test? And you know what the major thing that 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 helped glue that correlation audience is discipline. Discipline, that's right. That'll help, right? because if, if you're disciplined to getting better on the court, use that same discipline to getting better off the court. That's right. La lastly, is nutrition. And what I hate most, Jamie, is you go to these uh, uh, travel, uh, I hate to say AAU games, but just travel basketball travel games. Ball, and, yeah. and kids are eating McDonald's, Skittles, Coca-Cola, and my thing is, right. and these are major teams, they, you know, major players, yeah. six, seven, six, eight. My thing is, if I was a scout, I'm not looking at the players and blaming them. I'm looking at the coaches mm -hmm. in the organization because they should have, yeah, if you're teaching them the right way and saying the right things, they won't be doing that. They won't be walking around McDonald's bags. So exactly. how important is nutrition to you and, and, and to the athletes, uh, body yeah man i mean so nutrition nutrition was was always huge um and i and i say for me not not as much for me i grew up in that age where we you know we we we, we, we chopping throwing down a couple big macs and then getting on the on the hard I mean, me, me too um, but yeah yeah but but again having a son that's going through this you know man i i, I and, and having already gone through this and, and having seen where your body breaks down sooner than it should have and, sure. and also having the example of what lebron james is doing and because he he's conscious of what he puts in his body you know being able to to have those examples and then and then give my son real life examples of hey listen i'm telling you i i probably wouldn't have gotten hurt as often as i did mm. had i treated my body mm. right then mm. had i treated my body and it wasn't it's not it's not I'm eating the wrong things this season, so now my body breaks down. It's I've been eating wrong for the last five years, and so now as I see these these breakdowns in my body, it's all contributed to all of those things that I did back then. For sure, for you sure. know. So being able to give those examples to him now as he's going through it, he he aspires to be a pro. And all that. listen, man, learn from my lessons, learn from what sure. I didn't do, sure. and those and nutrition. The other thing. Sleep. sleep, you know, these kids want to be on a video game all night and think they can get up and perform. It doesn't work like that. For sleep sure. is equally as important as nutrition, maybe sure. more. For sure. You know? Sure. Well, so. big guy, man, it's been a pleasure. You already know. It's been a pleasure talking hey, to listen, you, Hey, listen, listen, if I, if I can, let me, let me, let me make this point. I'm, I'm going to bring somebody to show his face in here. So part, part of, part of this whole thing we call sport and what we learn from it, man, is the relationships that what we, what we, one of the, the key aspects of it is the relationships that we're able to build through sport. For sure. And, and being able to, it's not even leveraging, it's just creating this, this relationship with players that you've competed against, that you, you, know, you fought against, that you fought with. I think about, man, you and I played over 20 years ago and we're still friends. We have For this sure. connection. For Danny sure. Johnson and I are friends from For our sure. connection. You remember, you remember Joel Fleming from Western Carolina. 
Joel point guard, point guard extraordinaire, point guard extraordinaire from Western Carolina. Yeah, Joel, Joel is at my house right now <laughs> because of the connection that that's we have that we made in high school. What's up with you? All right, that we made right. in high school and that that's we fostered up. in college. You know that's what I'm saying? So. You know, we what, what happens a lot of times as athletes, we get so focused and, and tunnel vision on what we're trying to accomplish, which you, we, we have to. But you also got to smell the roses. You got to sure. you got to you got to be present about what, uh, you know, as to what's going on around you, who's around you, you know, who's like minded. Joel and I, man, once once we graduated, man, our 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 corporate lives have almost mirrored. That's what's up. And you know, our basketball lives mirrored, our corporate lives mirrored. So, you know, why, why shouldn't we connect, you know? That's and so that's the other thing as parents, man, make sure, encourage your kids to, yes, be focused, yes, be disciplined, yes, do all the things that are going to make them successful and all those things. But also, you have to build friendships. You have to build alliances, For sure. you know, with, with people who are like-minded, who have been through some of the same struggles that you've been through, who will go through some of the same struggles you, you will go through. Um, all that stuff is so very important, too. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I appreciate you, and I appreciate that. That last, that last that's huge because that's what you're talking to coaches, talking to you know everybody. The first thing he says is that, well, um, a friend of mine made a call for me, or oh, I, I knew a friend that did X, Y, Z. So right. it's always that relationship that gets you in the door, and and how you that's treat right. people is is very important. Very important. Yeah. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure, brother. Already know, man. Already <laughs> know. And hey, let's link up you, next man. time I come to Charleston. Do that. Do that. Let's do that. Do yeah. that. All right. Thank you, man. You Thanks you, man. for the time. Yes, sir. You guys, man. All right. Peace. Peace. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. Uh, Jamie Jenkins talking about his career path from um, high school to Citadel and um, to now his corporate work. Um, great things and, you know, great things can come from um, being a student athlete. Uh, coming up next, we got Coach Chris Chris Evans, Coach E. You know, it's my assistant coach at the College of Charleston. And like I told you before in our intro, uh, Tupac was a, a pivotal uh, moment in our lives and in our relationship. You know, how uh, assistant coaches can be a great impact um, on your life after basketball as well. So, um, um, let's check out Chris. Uh, he's next up on the list. All right. Be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly to get the proper education and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college but i love what jermel is doing it's a wonderful program hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program because these are the kind of things that every community needs looking out for the best interest of a youth the future of this country is in our youth and everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful and and i can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people you can follow us on facebook and instagram at jamel president and on twitter at president jamel Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new 
interview every month. Yeah.